hey, you know what I believe? I believe every single person can make a difference and that we all have something amazing to offer the world. I believe in standing up for what matters and in putting one foot in front of the other. I believe courage is way more important than confidence and I'm addicted to seeing people break through what they once thought they couldn't. And that's why I started this podcast. I want you to believe in yourself. I want you to know that anything's possible. I want you to find the courage to stand up and do your thing. Everything's waiting for you. You just have to believe it's possible. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where your courageous life starts. Hey guys, and welcome to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. I have a question for you. Are you being your true self? Are you being authentic? Everybody says, yeah, of course I am. Yeah, this is truly me. But that's not the truth. Most of us have got a Band-Aid over the top. Most of us are pretending to be something we're not simply so we can fit in and simply so we won't be rejected and so we will be accepted and all of those kind of things. And I believe that all of us have got this magnificent diamond. We're all born incredible that over our years we become this and we become that so that we fit into the, I guess, the the system that teaches us what success is. And I don't think that we've got that right. Anyway, today's guest is incredible because she's high energy, I can tell you that. But she talks about her journey and how uh, she hit a really low point with alcoholism because uh, she wasn't being true to herself. So it's it's a fantastic um, episode and I really hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, let me introduce you to her. Yolanda Elam, a.k.a. Yo has taught in public schools for over 20 years, is an inspirational speaker with an infectious smile and contagious energy and known for her compassionate spirit, ambitious mind and being unapologetically herself. Yolanda currently teaches Spanish to eighth graders in her local school district. She has held multiple titles in a 20-year tenure, including teacher of the year, department chair and campus cheerleader. She is a Marvel fan, loves to laugh, tell lame jokes She might tell us one, let's see, and spend quality time with her five grandkids. Yo was diagnosed with the disease of alcoholism in March of 2019 and is passionate about sharing her journey with others in the hope that they too may be freed from the bondage of addiction. She's the founder of Freedom to Yo, which is about finding a rhythm with all the parts of your life and making them flow the best way you can do it for you. In Yo's words, be yourself every day. Welcome, yo. Hey, what's up, Karen? <laughs> it's good to have you here. <laughs> it's good to be here. I know. We've been working on this for a long time. <laughs> anyway. All in the right time. It's always right on time. Not too soon, not too late. This is our time. That's exactly right. And it's, uh, you know, when you're working with people from all around the world, you, there's there's so many time zones we've got to fit into and we've got our own stuff to do. And wow. But anyway, I, you know, I'm so pleased to have you here because, you know, I, I met you, you know, online, I don't know, months and months ago, you know, with uh, yeah. the, the serving circle, circle. Mm-hmm. Tyson Sharp, and he's wonderful, you know. 
And then, you know, you, you just sort of uh, flew out of nowhere with this vibrant personality <laughs> and it's absolutely fantastic. And, you know, and you, you're doing this thing about, you know, being authentic. And when we started talking, you know, you, you said that, oh, maybe that was the problem. My story wasn't about being authentic and I can't wait to dive into that, you know, and, yeah. and um, yeah. for you to share you know, some of the pain that, that got you to where you, I guess, was a catalyst for you to, you know, shift your life to to start helping you and being authentic yeah. and helping other people. So I'm so excited, so excited about it. And I know this, um, this podcast, this episode will be raw. And they're the ones that I love the best, because I think that, you know, every person that listens has got their own story. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they love to connect and not feel alone and that sort of yes. stuff. Yes. That's why I can't wait to do one. That's why I can't wait to get that my own going for that exact reason. Oh, you should get your own going. That's I am working on it. I'm working on something called flipping the switch. That little <laughs> light bulb went off from that pain and darkness to when you decide to live that life of authenticity and positivity. When did that, that switch flip? That's what I want to know. Uh, you just keep moving forward and it'll happen. That's the thing, isn't it? It's one yeah. foot in front of the other. And and a lot of people, you know, talk about, uh, you know, overnight successes and this person just, just knows how to do it, but I don't know how to do it. And that's a whole lot of rubbish. You know, the people who succeed are people who are prepared to put one foot in front of the other, even though they don't know how, and even though sometimes I don't know where they're going. It's just That's all right. put that foot in front of the other. So so tell us about your childhood and how did that lead you to become a teacher? Wow, great question. Um, I'm from Waco, Texas. If anybody's familiar with the states, it's a part of Texas South, South area. It's about an hour and a half from Dallas, which is one of the larger cities. And I grew up in the country. Uh, literally there were cows walking down my street as a little girl and we had horses next door and I slopped pigs and saw my grandfather ring chicken necks and skin rabbits. So I grew up out there in the sticks of animal land and mixed in with people. <laughs> and I think it was when I, I have two sisters, by the way, so I'm one of three girls. And it was um, one of those times I was at school was my grandmother, who was a custodian at a middle school in the district. And didn't know all this stuff then, but I know it now as being a teacher myself. But um, she had taken me to work with her one day. And um, I ended up wandering into the supply closet some kind of way, the school supply closet. And I felt like I had entered heaven. Oh, my God. There were like shelves of markers and colored papers and pencils and scissors. And it was all organized and neat. And I was like, oh, I love this place. And so I would go home and pretend to... Um, play teacher with my younger sister. I would be the teacher and we'd go over the alphabet. She's four years, uh, my junior. And so, you know, I was the teacher all the time. It just felt natural. And then my mother was a secretary for our campus and I was there a couple of times in and out of the classroom. So it just always, it just resonated being one of those people in front of the students and in the class, in the building. So that's, that's kind of how I started. And that was when I was eight years old that I wanted to be a teacher. Wow. I love it. I tell you, I don't love the bit about the animals because I'm an animal animal rights activist. So you talking I'm about sorry. skin and rabbits just about. He like did. He <laughs> did. He did. He did. And he actually slipped. His hand got really bloody from one and he slipped and ended up hitting my cousin in the groin. If that makes you feel any better. The rabbit had his due. Yeah, that makes Yeah, he had his due. Yeah, he <laughs> 
that rabbit gave his, he, he, he left something behind on that one. He didn't go in peace. <laughs> yeah, I like that good karma. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get the bit, you know, when you're talking about a stationary cupboard, you know, like I think there, there's two, two types of people, those who couldn't care less about stationary and the others of us, and I'm with you, that have to have perfect stationary everywhere. And it's... <laughs> I've got the colors alone. The markers, the colors is just like, oh, I love all these different papers. The textures, I, I was in heaven. I was in heaven. I've got about four tubs of stationery in the shed. Oh, I just love it. Wow. So, and so where did you teach? Did you teach in Waco or did you move? I did not. No, I got married at 18. I got married when I was 18, um, moved to Dallas area. And then I didn't start teaching until I was 26. Wow. I just I did other jobs. I had kept having kids. I'd go to school. Then I well, I was pregnant at first, right out of high school. Then we got married. And then when I first tried to go to college, I got pregnant a second time. Quit school. We met school again. Got pregnant. Quit school. We met school again. So by the time I started having babies and working all these odd end jobs, I stuck into the bachelor's um, program for interdisciplinary studies and became a teacher. That was like in two thousand. I got my certification in two thousand and one. Two thousand two thousand one. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And so you're you're a you're a secondary teacher or a junior teacher? I have taught every grade level. Here we go, um, pre-K to twelfth grade, and because of summer sessions, I've taught every single grade level. Wow. Um, but most of my years were in middle school, the um, seventh and eighth grade. That's the 13, 14 year olds. Yeah. That's where most of my years were being. But I've also done the high school kids, and I've done the elementary kids. So I've taught all ages. Yep. And you, you focus on Spanish. What, why, why the, why do you do that? Like what's, what is it about Spanish that you think is so important or that you love so much? I didn't start with Spanish. I started out teaching bilingual education, which was self-contained elementary. So I taught science, math, social studies, spelling, reading, all in one classroom with 25 kids all, all year. But as the years went by and they had to, they get really heavy on testing here. And when kids started getting anxiety issues and throwing up during tests and stuff, I just, I had to leave. It was, I was trying to get out of that. So I got certified in Spanish because I was, um, I, I've, had, I've always had a love for Spanish, more or less. I've had a love for Spanish and I wanted to be a teacher. So they were offering scholarships for bilingual educators. So I went to school on the bilingual scholarship. So I kind of had an in already. Yeah. And then Spanish was my way out of that classroom with the kids, you know, being all anxious. So I got certified to teach it. And I've been doing that now. I've been teaching Spanish for for 15 years now wow. it's just it's just been my thing so it's, it's I'm good at the language I'm, I'm, I'm good at learning languages I'm really good at teaching them um I think because I just I have a different way of how I explain it all mm. you know I don't really focus on the grammar of it all I, I really truly believe that in order to be fluent you have to be conversational yeah, yeah. so my kids do things like um they have a phrase phrases a week that they choose that they replace it with their English because they can learn rules and, and stuff later on. But in order to really walk out to feel like you learn the language, we do things like I do things like that with them. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I find Spanish very fast, <laughs> but, but you you speak very fast too. But I do I had, in both languages. <laughs> I had a, um, I'm a fast talker, but gee, you, you, you're going to outrun me at the post. But I had, a, I had um, Victoria Lyznyansky, you know, last week, and she came from Russia and she learned English, you know, and she said that she said you know I, I thought I knew English and then I got 
I had to translate for an Australian and she said I couldn't understand a word they were saying. So <laughs> I think there's, you know, there's even even multiple forms of English, you know, that we... There are. There are. English is a crazy language to learn. Yeah. It is so ridiculous. It's, I'm grateful that I grew up speaking it. I feel I feel bad for people who have to learn it as a second language yeah. because it is challenging. It, it is. Agree. It's not easy to learn. No, I agree. It's um. We've got there, there, there. Where, where, where? You. Oh yes, forward. yes. Oh my God. The word really all by itself. You can say really eight different ways, yep. but it's spelled the same. And, you know, it just has different meanings. Yep. You wheel and wheel. Oh, my. I like my favorite one is he will present the present to the speaker at the present time. Yeah. And like, what? Yeah. If you're learning, you're like, what? <laughs> no spelling differences? No sound, really? Well, yeah, it's, a- <laughs> yeah, it's a, I feel I feel for the people trying to learn it, too. And, you know, we're quite arrogant, really, that we demand, you know, most of the world's. Yes. Yes, English and they're so ridiculous. Oh, let me tell you, I gotta tell you a joke too, really quickly. Yeah. Um, what do you call a person that speaks three languages or more? I don't know. They're multilingual, and a person who speaks three languages is trilingual. A two-language person is is bilingual, and then what do you call a, a person who speaks one language? Stupid. American. Ah! <laughs> oh well, kind of close. <laughs> I'm only joking. Right. Right. <laughs> It's supposed to be monolingual, but the real answer is American. Everybody else, multi, bi, or trilingual. But no, here, mm-mm. <laughs> oh, dear. So, so I'm really, you know, curious, like you, you when you talk about being a teacher, you talk about the stationary cu- cupboard, you're fa- it's fancy, exciting. You talk about your, your grandma, wow, it's exciting. You talk about Spanish, exciting. But there's one thing you talked about in there, and, you know, that the kids being stressed and all that kind of stuff. And, I think that society places a lot of pressure on us to be, um, you know, to conform and to compete and yeah. to not be who we are, to, you know, and to uh, live up to other people's expectations. And if we don't, we become, well, sometimes we become shunned or sometimes we perceive that we're going to be shunned or, you know, it, it puts a hell of a lot of pressure on and at some point in there, you know, you turn to alcohol, you know, to for the same reasons, you know, to just to just to manage with all the, the, the crap that life throws at you. And, and <laughs> how did that little journey happen? I, I shouldn't call it a little journey because absolutely a, a major huge. catalyst, you know, for you. But it's, yeah, how did that happen? Um, well, I got like I told you earlier, I got married very young. I got married at 18 and had my first child at 19. So by the, before I was 25 years old, I was a wife and a mother of three mm. kids under the age of five. And so I grew up watching a lot of television, you know, again, in the country, you know, other than being outside with the animals and the trees and stuff, TV was my escape. And so I thought that my life had to mirror what I have seen the actors and actresses on television. And so I kept putting myself in positions to be this perfect everything, a perfect wife, perfect mother, perfect um, daughter-in-law, perfect cousin, whatever it was. I felt like I had to live up to this facade of being who I, who everybody else needed me to be or wanted me to be. And I didn't even know I wasn't myself until less than five years ago. Mm. All this time I thought that I was being this real authentic, genuine girl who, you know, spoke off the cuff, who, you know, was honest with everybody. And, but inside it really wasn't me. It was, it was what I, again, thought I had to be. I got all these degrees. Um, I, I have six degrees, Karen, six. Wow. I would have had a doctorate, but I just gave up right before writing that damn paper because it was too fucking long. I didn't want to write it. 
So I had, I almost had seven degrees. But I, again, I kept thinking, this is what you do. You know, you keep going to school, you keep trying to make this money in the positions you're in, and you get the higher graded salaries because you, you know, you play these games. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, it all welled up into pain and, and frustration. I was always angry. I was always angry. And drinking was fun. Mm. Drinking was like my, my way to have fun, to, to, to be myself mm. without having the, the resentment of me being myself. It was my scapegoat to say like, oh, I can go fuck somebody now and, and blame it on the alcohol. You know, I can go, you know, tell the truth about how I really feel and blame it on the alcohol. Yep. You know, but really I was expressing myself, wanting to be heard and seen. And the alcohol gave me that freedom. So it became a lot more than just that bottle. Mm. It was... Um, best friend, counselor, everything. It, it became the way I celebrated. It became the way I avoided. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was hard to let it go. Mm. It really was. Um, and it wasn't even obvious I had to let it go until I couldn't let it go. Until I really sat down one day and had this conversation with a glass of wine and out loud, I'm telling this wine how much I didn't want it, how much I hated what it was doing to me, how much I was um, angry about the blackouts and lying to my husband and my daughter trying to rescue me by drinking with me so that I wouldn't drink too much and blackout. And she was only 24 at the time. And so, you know, all this hate was in that glass. And I cried that night and I, and I begged God that night and I did everything I had known and I had tried before, but I could not pick the glass up. I, I literally had to have that glass of wine. There was nothing that I could do in my own strength to stop me. So I drank it. And, and, and because I had lost so much power, I think, because I lost so much what I thought was control and it wasn't myself, I couldn't, I couldn't live that way. I couldn't live not having that kind of freedom of choosing what I wanted to choose, right? So I didn't wanna wake up that next day. Uh, in addition to the wine, I had taken some anxiety meds because I kept trying to figure out what is wrong with me. I had gone to a couple of doctors to figure out if I could be diagnosed with anything else. Can you can you give me a title so I can say this is what's wrong with me? This is why I'm angry. This is why I'm frustrated. This is why I'm you know sad and miserable. And nothing was fitting uh, until the unsuccessful suicide attempt and sent me off to rehab. And I found out that the disease I had had a name, and it was alcoholism. And from this day forward, I realized that I can't cure it, but I can treat it with different things like programs or speaking into existence and sharing with other people and making sure I'm not hiding all that anger and stuff anymore because that was sick. I was sick and I still would be sick if I was still drinking. Yeah. But now I have a different kind of sickness. You know, I still have mental issues with that. Mm. But at least I'm willing to understand that and not try to mask it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that mental illness is really just me not being authentic. Yeah. The more and more I started to become myself, the more and more I did not need or realized I didn't need that or want that because I was just not living authentically. Mm-hmm. I was fake living still. Yeah. And now I don't. Now I just don't. <laughs> and it's so wonderful. Yeah, it's amazing. How how was that affecting the kids at school? You know, and that sort of stuff. Like, do, do you think that how was it impacting people around you when when you were living in that state? One one because you weren't ever full capacity, you know, to really really sort of be aware of whatever you know the impact you're having. But two, the role modeling. Do you, you know, like 
I know people wouldn't have gone, oh, she's a drunk. I want to be like her. Exactly. Right. I, I wish I wish I could have had the moment to talk to my kids about what I ended up knowing about me. But I never was able to, at least the ones that when I left for rehab, I left middle of school year. And I did go back the last day and I was able to tell a few of them that, you know, I was in the rehab facility because I miss even couldn't stop drinking. You know, I had a drinking problem. And then one of my kids even told me, yeah, my dad drinks a lot, too. So I wish I could have had more of those kind of conversations with my students so they can see that it's reality, that it doesn't, for them to know that you could have a problem like me and still be a great person. I didn't walk around with, I wasn't the stereotypical, that really there isn't one, but unfortunately society makes it seem like that the stereotypical um, traits in, in alcoholics, like they think that we, you know, are these bums or, you know, we're really skinny or we have bottles and bags and shit like that. And that's just not true. Mm. Um, and, and I would love to be that role model for them to see that not only did I realize I had a problem, but look at how I carried myself with that problem, right? And for them to see that there still wasn't really who I was, for them to think that, oh, well, she had it all together. No, I didn't. And, and to be able to have that conversation with them, that's, that's, on, that's actually on the bucket list, to be able to have um, some real talk sessions with students. But you can't even talk to students about that kind of stuff. They don't allow it. It's too real. Yeah. You know, school districts yeah. will shut it down. I wish I could go in there and be like, hey, here I am, this professor in front of your kids, and I'm an alcoholic. You know, I have, I have a disease, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't get past, it wouldn't get past coworkers. Even coworkers struggle with it, um, as far as people around me. Uh, I think that for most of them in my past, in my drinking days, they liked it. I was fun. Mm. You know, you think I'm fun now. A couple of bottles of wine, I was like hilarious. You know, I was the one that all the shit they didn't want to do. You know, yo, do this. Let's go. Yo, let's go here. All right. You know, I was the, the guinea pig for it all. I was free entertainment. So, um, but now, you know, the circles I have when they realize that I'm, you know, not a drinker anymore, mm-hmm. they're proud. Um, they proud. And I really think it frees them to admit that they might have problems of their own that they just hadn't faced. Um, they, a lot of my friends and coworkers of the past have said they really admire my courage yep. to, to be so bold, to post it out there, to share it out loud, mm. especially like, you know, platforms like you're providing today, the platforms are going to share recovery doesn't have to suck really. Like, uh, you know, yeah, you, they know me, like they know I'm still the same fun. I'm just not inhibited fun. Yeah. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm not inebriated, you know, fun. Mm. I'm not under the influence. Um, I'm still a good person. I'm still cracking them up. And I don't, I don't need the alcohol. Mm. So I think it just frees people up yeah. to be themselves even more. Yeah. And I, I agree with what you're saying about schools. I think that, you know, this, the, I, I don't like the education system, you know, and I'll say that openly. I think that, yeah. It's I'm great. a teacher. Yeah. It's great. We learn maths and English and, you know, we, we learn all these things and that's fantastic. If you're going to go to university and be, a, you know, and get a good job and that. That's right. There, there are so many life skills that we're just not teaching kids and we're not we're teaching not. emotional intelligence. We're not teaching how to how to have conflict revolution, resolution, how to, how yeah. to negotiate um, things in our life, how to deal with, um, well, not, not just our mental health, but how to deal with um, accepting ourselves and loving ourselves. And when we're not teaching yeah. any of that stuff, we're not teaching how to be proud of ourselves, you know, for achievements. And I think that it's, you know, it's such a bad system because, as you say, all these people come out the other end and then they're screwed up, you know, and I'm not saying everyone's screwed up. I'm just... No, of course not. We, yeah. We, if we don't get 
land that perfect job or if we don't get that perfect score or if we don't make money and make be success, we start to exactly what you, you're saying, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? You know, and then we start yeah. to look for, um, you know, a, a outlet, destructive one. Yeah. yeah, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. To, to be- yep. Ways to cope. And, and, it's, and but the district I currently work for, they actually do, um, they're real big on supporting social emotional learning. But it's it's a facade. Yeah. You know, they it looks good on paper. Yep. You know, so oh yes, our district does SEL and our kids are introduced to all this, but nobody really implements it. Yep. Like it's not something that the kids are really getting the most they could from it. It's just something to like, oh wait, we got some free time here doing SEL exercise. It's not so I dedicated um once a week, my kids and I, we actually do a meditation. Yep. We talk about mindfulness. Yeah. We talk about um, growth mindset and fixed mindsets. We talk about things that I know carry them from grade to grade, from school to life. Yeah. Because you didn't get, we don't get, like you said, we don't get taught those things. We get taught the the reading, the rich, the three R's: reading, math, math, reading, writing, arithmetic. Yeah. But who? Everybody doesn't need that. I, I actually am a proponent more of, of the European style of education. I believe that's the right way to explain it, where they go for so many levels and then they start to track out. Like if you know you want to be a doctor, you spend these next 45 years on that medical track. Or if you want to be a bricklayer, you spend those 48 years, you know, going to that direction. But here we we over, over, um, oh God, we we just, it's, it's four years of everything. Four years of English, four years of history, four years of math, four years of science, and it's forced down their throats. Yeah. And it's like, by the time you get out of high school, who, nobody wants to do all this stuff. What did you actually learn? Yeah. What did you actually learn that's going to help you get through life? Yeah. yeah, you know, and the kids know it. They're not stupid. They always in especially like classes like geometry, and they're like, "When will I ever use this again?" The teachers are like, "Oh, it's you'll you'll be amazed." I'm like, "No, you won't. Y'all lying to them. Stop lying. <laughs> they're not gonna use this again." When was the last time you used geometry if you weren't teaching? That's what I would ask them. Well, I do actually use A squared plus B squared equals C squared quite often, but but that's because I like to build sheds. But you know. Oh, okay. See. But basically, yeah, but what about the what about science and photosynthesis? Do you go out there and understand? Like, do you garden and say, "Oh, so I know that my chlorophyll balance needs to be this with the water"? No, no. <laughs> and you know what? You can learn. I know I'm interested in all that, but I didn't learn it at school. I I I learn things out of because of my own interest i'm like oh i wonder how that works and i do it now you know so but anyway i, I it's, it's it's a big journey when you yeah. said before you know um about rehabilitation so um how was that transition how like you're in rehab Ooh. for a few months what was yeah. what were the feelings in that time and you know what what were what made you get up each day to to pull through wow. that uh, well actually in rehab it felt like a vacation I felt like I was finally able to breathe yeah. because I wasn't in this, I was surrounded by like minds. It was a women's unit. We were all alcoholics or addicts. And so the stories that were shared were stories I could completely relate to. Um, it was nothing that I hadn't done in any of their stories or thought of doing or would have done if I kept going down the path I was on. So it was just really freeing to be heard and seen. Mm. And then when I got out of rehab, I continued on because I ended up being in there for it was a 30 day residential uh, where I stayed there overnight for 30 days. Then they have the next level called part time hospitalization. And that's where you go like a a work day. I went to another facility, but I was able to go home. And then it was intensive outpatient where you only went half a day and then you still were able to go home. So going back home was really different. Um, The transition was just it was odd because my surroundings were so familiar, like 
this is my kitchen. This is where I kept my bottle of wine. This is this is the store. Every time I drove by the store, this is the store I used to go yep. run in real quick and buy the little. I mean, it was always being 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 aware that my surroundings weren't going to change because I was changing. Mm. So the transition was challenging at first. Um, but um, I did start a 12-step program. I didn't quite finish it. Um, it started getting a little drab in there. It was really more woe is me. I'm a victim. Um, I struggle with alcoholism and you know, everybody left me or I lost my house. Very few stories were of anything with some joy. And so I left the rooms kind of so, um, but I still utilize the resources that I got from them. But I'm, I transitioned um, by just starting to change my life. I, I started changing the way I thought, the way I spoke, the way I, I acted. I just started looking for things that made me feel good yeah. uh, outside yeah. of what I thought the alcohol was doing because it wasn't making me feel good. Mm. It's just what I thought was I thought that's what, what feeling good was and it wasn't yeah no feeling yeah. good is what I feel right now yeah and speaking of how you feel right now you came out of the other side of that into this mission to help other people I mean I'm sure that didn't happen straight away. you didn't just walk out of rehab no. and said well I'm on a big mission now to find yourself but but you know you've obviously negotiated years of you know what am I going to do where's my purpose how can I make this good you know how can I make this a positive thing because you're already thinking about it then there's no stories of joy you know so you're already thinking about uh, how can I make this a positive thing so on your mission to help others is it just alcoholics or are you looking to help everybody um find them or anybody no I don't mean everybody because you can't help everybody. right you but, can't yeah you know but you can fade but you can help somebody that can help somebody else and help somebody else in the, the whole ripple effect yeah. uh, i want to help both types of people uh, i want to help alcoholics by um having opportunities like this to speak about my recovery yeah. um and hope that somebody out there might be thinking they could have an issue or concern with drinking and to see that if they chose to stop they don't have to be a woe is me victim they can still live in joy and positivity uh, so that's where the speaking career is going and I also want to help people who might have found themselves using alcohol as their mask or if it's not alcohol it could be something else um just something that is preventing them from being their authentic selves yeah. so that's where the coaching business is coming from so i'm lining both of them up because i want to serve as many people as i can and they both are a part of me yeah. not being authentic but also my drinking problem yeah they coincide with each other because they both they fed off of each other yeah why do you think it's so important for people to be themselves what like like what what do you think um because there's a lot of people say, no, no, I'm, I'm happy. I, I, I'm fine the way I am. Do you, no, thank you. Do you know, why do, why do you reckon we really need to express our full selves and put it out there? I believe the people who says I'm fine the way I am if they really are the way they are. You know, and I only question it when, you, when the actions don't match up with the words. Yep. You know, if somebody says, oh, I'm fine the way I am but yet they complain or they're drinking a lot or they're sad or they're, you know, in the same position and woe is me for 30 years and can't wait to quit. Like that's not, that's not living who you are. Mm. It doesn't mean that every day is perfect and life is going to always be full of, it's not unicorns and rainbows, but what it does mean is that you're living, right? <laughs> but you are living in a, in, in, in a way that it feels good. To, to be who you are and to do what you're doing. It doesn't feel forced. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't um, make you cringe to get up every day, yeah. you know, or to be around the person you're around. The same thing goes with relationships. 
oh, I'm for, we've been together for 30 years. It's great. But is it great? Yeah. Like, you know, you don't see those those hand holdings. You don't see that little smack on the cheek or the ass on the way to bed. You know, you don't see that. Yeah. You're like, is it really great, though? I mean, you know, you talk more about him or her in a negative way than you do. So it's just little clues lets me know that people aren't being themselves. And if they will let that go or even more so if they would accept who they are, because mm-hmm. if you're an asshole, you're an asshole. It's, that's just it. Be that. <laughs> don't try to cover that shit up. Don't act like you're not. You're, not, you're, you're selfish. Go ahead and let people know that you're selfish. And it's all about you. But own it. <laughs> and be the most happiest, selfish person you can be. Because that's who you are. That's <laughs> so true, though, isn't it? You know, when we're not being ourselves, there's so much conflict. And it's not just conflict, as you say, you know, in our ex- outward expressions. There's mm-hmm. so much conflict with, within us, you, you know. And, and, and we've always got that, uh, you know, constant fighting within us you know this or that and everything else but what you're talking about is that when you are you know truly being yourself and and we can't all truly be ourselves all the time because things keep pulling at us all over the place right but if we can do it as often as possible when you are in it you feel aligned you feel the flow you just feel everything just seems to be smoother and easier and it's, you know, I remember years ago saying, well, look, I'm here to make a difference. I'm not here to make friends. Do you, you know, and, and that, you know, it's, um, don't get me wrong. Cause I, I was just talking to someone about this yesterday. I want to make friends, you know, I want to, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I'm not going to have um, fake friendships. Do you know, I'm not going to have, um, uh, subject myself to being in a fake situation right? because you don't make a difference. You, you're not. You're not truly being you, and not expressing you. And I, I think it's. Right. I think it's so important. Do, do you have any setbacks? I mean, because you know, just as I said, then you can't be yourself all the you time, can. even though we wish we could. You know, there's always going to be some bastard that comes from left field Thanks. and whacks us in the yeah. head. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then we, you know, th- that happens. But do you ever have any setbacks because you're out there saying, "I want to be." authentic I want to inspire people to be authentic and you know when we do this thing because like for me you know I'm doing this get off the bench and when I'm when I'm stuck you know I feel like I'm an imposter you know I feel like well right I I can't be telling other people to get off the bench if I'm stuck Uh you know Uh so for you you know you're telling other people be yourself be yourself and and then you're going to have days when you're not feeling that so how do you deal with those because I would call them little setbacks you know they're just bumps in the road but how do you deal with that when that comes up you know honestly Karen I expect them you know I learned that through um Lee Hicks I I listened to part of your podcast with him and the whole point define your vision which I went through I expect these things to happen and now that I expect them when they happen I have a way to deal with them yeah you know I stop and ask myself okay I'm feeling inauthentic right now but that's not me thinking that Right. That's not really who I, that's not me. This is some, that's that imposter syndrome. That's that ego trying to take me backwards. That's that disease trying to get me to pick the bottle back up. I, I redirect it because I know it's not me. Yeah. And I know it's just a moment. And, and what I like about it now is that they come less and less often. And if they do come, they last less amount of time. Yeah. For a while there, they lasted a long time. Like, oh man, you know, all the doubt, all the fears, all the limited beliefs. And now it's like, wait a minute, that's not true. I have evidence that I am being authentic. 
even this moment is being authentic by thinking I'm not authentic. Yeah. You know, because anybody else would be like, oh, I'm, I'm fake and oh, I can't do this anymore because I had a moment where I lied to somebody. But that's human being. Yeah. That's just being human. Yeah. So and what I what I was encouraged, I asked to ask people say, like, just are you still being a human? As long as you're being a human being, then you should expect those things to happen. Yeah. Now, whether you're lying to yourself about it, that's where the inauthenticity comes back. Mm. But as long as you're being honest and saying, like, this is just a part of a part of my growth. It's a part of my life right now. I'm not going to always be this. Woohoo. Everything's wonderful and perfect, but I can't be as awesome as I as I can. Yeah. And surround yourself. Make sure you're, and I put myself in right environments to not have that. Would you, how do you describe it? Somebody hit me on the back of my damn head. I try to leave, hey, is somebody back there? You know, you be aware. There's somebody back there. They got a bat. They're coming at you. Oh, man, it's going to hurt, but I got this. It's not going to knock me out. It might just make me woozy a little bit. You just know it's coming. Yeah. And it's good that, you, you know, you're saying about, you, you stop and ask, you know, is this really me? You know, is this, why am I thinking this? Hang on a minute. And I think that's a, a flaw that a lot of, and speaking of human, that a lot of humans have is that we just keep pushing through it. You know, even when these things come up, we don't stop to ask. We just keep pushing through, you know, and, and it's such a, such detriment to ourselves. You know, I've got this thing, I say there's three of us, I have meetings with, with I call, call us the Holy Trinity, and it's me, <laughs> it's me, my physical, you know, human biological being, the one that, you know, is subject to imposter syndrome and all that. And then I have my inner being, you know, my, my higher self, and then I have the universe. So call it the source, call it the energy, call it right. God, yeah. call it whatever. Yeah. I call yeah. I call it the end of the universe. So I say, righto, guys, we need a meeting. And, I, <laughs> and the whole three of us sit together and we say, okay, so what, what's the truth here? You know, and and mind you, sometimes I, I sound like, oh, yeah, I've got my shit together and that's my strategy and I do that immediately. That's not true. You know, some days it can take me weeks until I think, wait a minute, how come I'm not having a meeting? You know, and then I, then I address it. And I think that yeah. this world absolutely pulls you by the hair all the time Do you know it just pulls you going into easter you know i yeah i wanted to have a break but and i was so stressed because i felt like i was being pulled in a million directions you know and it it we can't avoid that we you know no. but we've just got to question it like you're saying we just have yeah. to stop and say hang on a minute hang on a minute be aware yeah, and 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 that and that's where I think the true authenticity lies when you stop and look in the mirror and be like, wait a minute, this is this is really who I am. But when I, I accept the fact that I had those dark days and I did all the stuff I did when I was drinking, what me not accepting that is what was keeping me imprisoned. Yeah, you know, me me walking around like you said, we 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 push through or we push it down. Yeah, either way is detrimental because because it's not being honest. Yeah, look in the mirror and just say like, okay, okay, yeah, I'm. I'm I'm an asshole. Like I said earlier, like, oh, this shit was ugly. That's bad, you know, but own it. Yeah. And then let it do what it needs to do for you because it's still just a moment. I, I used to always hate when people say like, oh, we're having a bad day. And it's like two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, a bad day? Really? Like you still got 22 hours left. The whole day is fucked up. I mean, bad day. <laughs> like, yeah. But I'm like, why not say you have a bad moment? Because moments keep, they continue. You had a bad moment. Your coffee spilled. Oh, man. Ah, my clothes are dirty. That was a moment. It shouldn't affect your entire day. Yeah. But people do that. They take, or even the opposite. You know, they everything. They woke up and the birds were singing, and the sun was out, and they think that they, they's gonna be great. 
And then you set yourself up and then all of a sudden you're kind of feeling the way it's working. Ah, oh, the day is ruined. Like literally be in the moment yeah. and, and just enjoy life as it comes. Yeah. I, I, I used to have a voice, man. It's funny because now I know how some of this stuff, what this stuff means, like names for it, law of attraction, law of manifestation. But when I was younger, I had a voicemail that says, you can't control what happens to you. You only can control how you react to focus on your attitude. Yeah. And now I'm like, you know, that's always been true. Nothing is controlled, the outside of me, nothing. Yep. But I can control the way I think about it and act towards it. Yep. So now I just stop and say, even myself, I can't control my thoughts. Like you say, I think I can sometimes. Like, no, nope, I have to stop, but I can respond. I can control the way I respond to my thoughts. Yeah. And that's what I try to do is stay in that moment, be there and ask myself the question, is this really you? Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like it's it's about self-care, isn't it? You know, it's... it's mm-hmm. It's stopping and stopping and saying I'm I'm important enough to to stop right now and ask this question. But we have a we have a bad attitude towards self care. You know we we we're, we're shocking for self care, and I'm guilty of it. You know I'm, I'm no I just need to I know I need to have a cry, but I'm going to do this first. Do you, you know? And yes. and we do this kind of thing because we don't want to be seen as unresponsive to somebody or you you know. And it's um. We, or emotional. I hate to say I was emotional. Like, oh no, I never have feelings. I don't feel. I just, I just move past. Like I said, I'll push through and I stay positive. I'm going to be happy regardless. And that was just a bunch of bullshit. I would, I liked it when you talked about self care, but then you said take a good cry. Because when I heard self care, I know a lot of people in the states when we hear that, it's more like massages, manicures, pedicures. You know, it's like taking a bath with, you know, a glass of wine and candles. That's not self-care. Mm. You know, that's a part of it, but it's not all that it is. And it really is taking care of yourself, you know, yeah. saying yes to you. And it's just it just taking the moment to say yes to yourself and do the things that your body needs, that your mind needs, that your spirit needs. Yeah, It's not just sleeping in late on a Saturday morning or binge watching, binge watching Netflix, butt naked in your living room. That's That used to be self-care for me. I was like, oh, I'm just going to sit here and with popcorn <laughs> watch TV. That's not self-care. It was good for me at the moment, but I still need to cry sometimes or laugh or dance or do things that bring me joy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it just feels good when, when you let things go. Yeah. Just let it out. That's self-care. And you, you're a bit of a Marvel fan, so is that self-care? Mm-hmm. Is that... <laughs> watch binge binge watching marvel movies <laughs> girl you know it wasn't i think it was maybe two months ago i'd sat there and watched the entire marvel series from iron man all the way to avengers infinity war like i watched everything in between the um the 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 hulk um the captain america's <laughs> the um all of them i can't think of his name professor oh my god Anyway, but all of them. I watched every single one of them for like three days, three or four days. I came home every night and watched me a Marvel movie. And it felt so good to see them all in secret. Black Panther. It was good. I'm mad I can't see his name right now. I love it. Well, so now you've got this, um, you know, uh, uh, I call it a business or initiative, or I'm not sure what it is exactly, you know, but programs and that called Be Yourself. So explain that. Explain that to us. I, I don't. I don't want to put a label on it because I don't know what the label is. But you tell. Us. It's still a work in progress. Um, it's a Facebook community that I started um, because I just really wanted to get out there and give people opportunities to be themselves, come to a safe space. Um, right now, I tag it, line it. I have different themes throughout the week, and I put things in there to get people to kind of think about, you know, just 
getting deeper in their thoughts, you know, like not outside of like, what's your favorite color, but why, you know, or even just re reminding ourselves the kind of stuff we used to do when we were kids. I used to love answering questions like, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite food? Um, what do you like to do for fun? Like, what's your favorite song? Put it on for three minutes and dance, you know, naked if you want to. You're like, I really like to do things to get people just to get back into their 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 childhood because that's where they really were. You know, we, we became our personality was formed before we were eight years old. So getting back to that climbing tree stage for me or for somebody else, for you, it might've been building things, you know, in the back, you know, working with some woodwork, but just doing different things throughout the week to get people to rem remember, this is who you are, or this is who you want to be. So it depends on the day. How, Cause I think mindset Monday, then I have tip for the day, Tuesday. And so I'm a fitness trainer too. So I put tips in there about health and wellness sometimes. So it kind of just depends on the day, but it's just a work in progress. It's, it's women only right now. And, I'm working on putting things together where it's giving them value. So they gave me um, their, I put a poll in to find out what they want to call each day. So it's Mindset Monday, tip of the day, Tuesday. Would you rather Wednesday, which I can't believe they got chosen, but they love would you rather. Like, would you rather be caught in a hailstorm of bowling balls <laughs> or a rainstorm of nails? I'm like, why would you want that? But they like to have that kind of conversation. <laughs> and then um, thankful Thursday and fun time Friday. Yeah. And so every day I fit in that template on whatever the, the focus is for the week. That's fantastic. So that's my Facebook community. It's fun. I got to admit, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun seeing people's responses and, and to know what I'm going to come up with the next day. <laughs> and yeah. that's fun. So what, what are your dreams for it? Like, you know, at the moment, it's a, a Facebook community. Do you know what, if you could, um, you know, have, have your wildest dream come true for um, Be Yourself, what would it be? Honestly, since you asked that, I think what I would love to do is see that as some sort of a program that is presented to teenagers, yeah, you know, or or corporations, uh, and having that little spin on it in the business sense of how you can be yourself and still be able to perform, you know, be productive. But really, to kids, like I can just see a title of it, like, um, "What's your story?" Yeah, and just and and for the adults, but for the kids, what do you want your story to be? Yeah. And there's something where like each thing is going back to authenticity, being yourself and being who you are, but somewhere where I'm in and out of corporations and schools and different workshops. Yeah. And I can see that and having banners like that one, yeah. like get off the bench, be yourself. Uh, but I don't know what the picture will look like. That's cute. The bench, <laughs> but I don't know what my picture will look like. Be yo. And I like to play on my name because the be yo, instead of you, I can put yourself, be yourself. I see a lot of things with that. Yeah, I see it being really big too. I think it's fantastic. Do you think that, um, do you think, I mean, because some people talk about destiny, like we've already got a blueprint. Yeah. Other people talk about self-determination. Yeah, other talk, people talk about just being led, you know, life happens to me. There's so many different um, perspectives in how, how we get, get on in life. I think self-determination is the key, but I also think there's an X factor that we can't control, you know, that, that comes in and sort of pulls us pulls us around a little bit. But yeah, you, yeah. do you think if you hadn't gone through being an alcoholic, you would have done this now? Not at all. Yeah. That's why I said I love the fact that I can go back and look in the mirror and accept all the stuff I did, but also appreciate it. Yeah. Because the fact that I ended up in rehab and, and, I, and my marriage is beautiful right now. And I mean, all the things that have come to fruition because of that alcoholism, that journey, I wouldn't be here. I, I, I would still be I would still be drinking. Let's just say even I took the alcohol out. If I wasn't drinking, I would have found something else 
to mask, something else to 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 keep playing the game. Overeating, you know, because I gained all this COVID pain. I was like, I can see going to sweets and eating too much, or mm-hmm. or overworking, and I would have just been trying to you know overachieve in the classroom and become all this stuff that I wasn't mm-hmm. because it wasn't none of it felt none of it feels good. Yeah. So I just would have found something to replace it if I didn't have that. But I, that's why I'm glad. I, it, 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 it doesn't really matter what it was. For me, it was alcoholism, but it was that catalyst, like you shared earlier. It was that catalyst that got me to start to really stop and pause. That's why I appreciate COVID. Yeah. Another catalyst at the right moment for me, mm-hmm. because I had just been in, out of re- I had just been recovered for one year when COVID hit, mm-hmm. and I know that if I had still been drinking, and when COVID hit, unfortunately for my brothers and sisters out there still suffering, this conversation would be we wouldn't have this conversation. Yeah. I would be dead right now. Yeah, because I would have been locked away. And my friend, I even tell people, I joke about it now, but I said, fuck toilet paper and paper towels. I would have been the liquor store sacking up on Crown and vodka and gin and bottles of bit of wine. I wouldn't have been thinking about my necessities mm. because my alcohol would have been my priority. Like I need to have something to drink. I'm going to be in the house for weeks, months, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's, 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 it all hit right at the right time. I'm really a, a firm believer in divine intervention. Everything is happening. This conversation is happening right now. That question you asked me about where I see be yourself every day is timely because I hadn't thought about that. So everything is divine and in order. Yep. And, I, and, I, and I say that in addition to the alcoholism. I was supposed to go through that yep. so I can get to where I am now. Yep. Everything has a reason. Whether I liked it or not, it had a reason. Yeah. And I think your pain is always the blessing, you know, whatever you go through. And and like they say, no rain, no rainbow. And I'm a big... Oh, I love that. I, love I think that. I've never heard that before. That's cute. So it's so true, isn't it? It's Yes, it is. So true. No rain, no rainbow. That's the truth. Yep. I mean, that's why I tell people, like, when somebody share, like, in Clubhouse, if somebody's sharing in Clubhouse and, like, when they finish, I'm like, I can tell you've been through something. Yep. You can just tell in somebody's voice when they've been through something. Yep. Because this that level of joy and excitement, or you can't fake that. Mm. You can't fake this, this conversation we're having with the laughter and the genuine, the genuineness and stuff. Like it's it because we've been through something. Like that that pit was real. Yeah. And then we we got out of it some kind of way. And now we're using that to get other people free yep. from whatever it is that might be stopping them from having this level of of true peace and joy that can only be i think it can only be be brought from it's like the it's like a coal and diamond right you know you you don't even know it's a diamond there until you put that coal in some heat it has to go to that heat to to turn into that beautiful object it is and and so people who haven't been through that heat they don't get that joy of shining like a diamond you know And, and, and you can't fake heat you can't fake pain. You can't. That's what I mean. You can tell when somebody's walking around like, oh, everything's great and wonderful. And we're all good. Like, nah, either you in that storm right now or you haven't really been through a storm yet. Because this right here, this natural love that we have and joy, nah, nah, you had to go through some shit. <laughs> <laughs> I so I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Yeah, I agree. And that 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 real love, that genuine love, you know, that that, that yeah. it's and it's it's a deep spiritual soul love, you know that. Oh, girl, goosebumps! Ooh. Yeah, it's um. Yes, that you love for other human beings. It's it's just, but uh, I, you know, I, I extend that love to the the planet, the ecosystem, the animals. You know, it, it's if we can, if we can give that love, and the problem is that often we won't 
And not me. I give it all the time. I don't give a shit what anyone says about it. You know, I don't care. And I often have people say, you, you, that's not very professional. I'm like, oh, I give a shit. You know, that's not, I'm not on this earth to be professional. I'm on this earth to make a difference. And it's, um, yeah. you know, I think that if, if there's kind of a vulnerability in it and there's kind of a, a you know, I'm fearful. What if I put my heart out there? What if I love and somebody doesn't reciprocate? And I just think, no, it, it you know, many years ago, I heard that song, Ronan Keating sang it, but Garth Brooks sang it. I heard it, Garth Brooks before him, you know, if tomorrow never comes. And, you know, it talks about, so tell that someone that you love, just what you're thinking of, if tomorrow never comes. And that song really, really impacted me. And that was probably, oh God, that was in my 30s. You know, so it was 20 years ago or more. And I started to think, well, no, from now on, I'm going to tell people what I feel about them. And I'm not even, I'm not even going to wait for their response. Like, I don't care what their response is, because if, if you say to someone, I love you, and they don't say it back, people start going, oh, I'm joking. Oh, <laughs> you know, they, no, if, if you no. love someone, just say it. If they don't say it back, that's their business. Do you know, you don't right. suddenly go, oh, well, if you don't love me. I take it back. Then I don't. You don't love me back. I didn't mean it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's no, ridiculous. No. So anyway. All right. Now this is this podcast is about um get off the bench and you know, hopefully yeah. to inspire people to to get going. So there'll be some people who feel like life has gone away from them, you know, they become dependent on addictive band-aids, whatever they are, alcoholism, overwork, you know, everything you said before, and ways to numb the pain. But deep down, as you know, they have so much to offer but they're just yes, covering it up. What advice would you give them to help them get off the bench and, and to really shine their true light? I'd, I'd go back to what I said before about take that look in the mirror, look real deep in your eyes and, and let yourself know that, that there's hope, right? I think when I, when I was drinking, I felt hopeless. I didn't know if it was even possible. And that H in the hope um, is to seek some help. Yeah. Even if it's like, don't hold it in. Don't like Carrie said, don't push through. Don't push down. Seek some help. Let somebody know you're hurting or you're, or you're angry or whatever it is. There was this, unfortunately, um, a family suicide recently mm -hmm. here in Texas, not far from, not far from Aspen and Allen. It was a family of five. These two twin brothers had made a pact to commit suicide. And somewhere in that pact, they took their family with mm -hmm. them, mother, father, and sister. And it hurt my heart for several reasons. But one lady who spoke, she said, no, nobody, nobody said anything, mm. you know, because he put an Instagram post that he and his brother were going to take their lives and they were just depressed. And but it was too late. You know, it was like we need to we need to start shouting out that we're hurting. Mm. And that's why I like this podcast opportunity to let people know it's OK. You're not by yourself. Mm. So seek some help. And then once you do that, then take ownership. You know, realize that you can either be a victim or a survivor, yeah. but you can't be both. So take ownership, like look in the mirror and say, okay, this is who I am. This is who I, this is who I want to be and go for it. And then the P is that pause I spoke of earlier. Um, stop and, and ask yourself, is this who I am? Is this what I want? Like, is this valuing me? Mm. And pray, pause to pray, breathe, meditate, do what you need. Yeah. And the E is to take it easy on yourself because whatever it is you're dealing with, it didn't take you overnight to get there and it will not take you overnight to get out of yep. it. So find that hope, seek help, take ownership, 
pause and pray and take it easy on yourself. And the last thing I say with that is to celebrate. Celebrate the small wins. Yeah. Celebrate the little bitty things. Uh, rather, if it's, if it's an alcoholic thing, if you didn't drink for that three hours that you would have yesterday, yay for you. Yeah. Don't think that anything of short of success, anything short of something huge is not a celebration. Celebrate it all. Celebrate every little step you take yeah. that brings you closer to to being who you really are yeah. and loving yourself for it. Yeah. So that's my advice. Hopesee. <laughs> oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. It's just about, it's and it's about um, th that first look in the mirror and being honest with yourself, isn't it? You know, it's, it's uh, yes, it is. And um, yeah, you can't be honest with yourself. You know, it, it's, you, you can't be honest with the next person. So oh, I love it. Now, where can people find you? Ah, well, my group for one, be yourself every day. It's, it's um, a me. In between, no, it's not me. It's a yes, it's me. In between a red umbrella amongst a series of black ones, so it's very unique. Uh, to stay be yourself. It's ladies only right now. I'm working on whether or not the guys can come in there, but you know we love it's something about the women together. It's powerful. <laughs> and then um, I'm in Clubhouse at um, at Love Your Life. I also have an Instagram, and uh, that's I have a website too. To, to book me as a speaker yep. to do the hope workshop, hope and hopelessness workshop and things like that. But other than that, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting myself out there. I'm getting around. So, you know, just, I think Karen, Karen has the links that'll be in the bottom of the post that you can click in and join the group or yep. just, yeah. I sure will. What's your website? Just, I will put it in the show notes, but what's. Yeah. Website? It's, um, it's loveyourlife.me. Me. So it's got the yo in there. So it's loveyourlife.me. Fantastic. Which is unique. And one and um an Aussie did not he wasn't Aussie. He was um British. He's from the UK, but he lived in Australia. He made it for me. Loveyourlife.me. I love the dot me because it's not like dot com, dot org, dot net. It's me. Dot me. Loveyourlife.me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how you can um book me to speak, and that's how you can um find out more about me. Yeah. The whole little page with little old me on it. But I would love to for people to join the group and and let me know how I can add value to their life in any way. I just want to be of service and spread this contagious energy I've told I've I've been told I have and this genuine love for people. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's fantastic. Well, you're certainly buzzing with energy and and the love yeah. your love for others just it it barrels through the screen, you know. And I think <laughs> as a live speaker, you would be absolutely dynamic on that stage. And I I, I hope. <sighs> that that takes off for you because, you know, more people need to hear your message. And I know you want to talk to the kids, but even um, even if you can talk in speaking to organisations or at conferences and stuff like that, and if you hit one person, you know, when yes. you bring that message, then that's successful, you know. So and I can see that coming because that's what needs to happen. You, you actually need to be out there. You need to make people feel less alone and you need to make a difference. So I, that's, I can see that coming for you and I just... I Thank you, sis. Thank you. I received that and I cannot wait because I was I was born to be on the stage. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just natural to be. I do not have you know how this is the number one fear is public speaking. Not mine. Nope. No spiders. Maybe public speaking. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, not mine either. And I spiders. Yeah, right. Spiders are not mine either. We I live with spiders. We <laughs> you like animals like that. What what would be your biggest fear then? Yeah, my biggest fear, I think, is water and not showering or bathing, bathing. Right, right. But, um, I have that fear too. I'm, I'm terrified of the ocean. You know, I, I really am. And um, I love the beach, you know, and I, 
you know, I, I've got a kayak and I do the little rivers and stuff, but get me in the ocean and I'm bloody terrified of it. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, it's so vast. I think because it's endless, it's endless. And I'm not the best swimmer. I mean, literally, I can trade water for maybe 30 seconds and I'm going under. Yeah. So I, I'm just terrified of water. Yeah. I don't even like baths. My husband like, they take a bath. I'm like, okay. But I, I'd rather, I take showers like I was in the military. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get water that often. I had a bad experience when I was a kid, though. That's probably why. But I, I relate to your fierceness. <laughs> that water, that ass water. Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so there you go. So I'm going to think about that. And you think about public speaking, but you're going to rock that. But say, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, this has been fantastic. Thank you, Karen. I really appreciate the opportunity to share my story and have a great conversation with you, sis. It was awesome. <laughs> it's been wonderful. All right. Well, I'm going to catch you again soon. And I really hope that people go follow you and join your Facebook group and, and really get some love from you because that's what the world needs. A damn sight more love. It really does. Thanks, love. All right. I'll catch up with you soon. Yes, ma'am. Love you. Love you too. See ya. Bye. Oh, guys, how was that? I, I absolutely love that conversation. I'm gonna, I gotta say that it was a little bit um, busy and noisy, and we're talking over top of each other. But it was just, you know, you can, you can feel the excitement when you, when you're trying to be yourself, and when you're being authentic, and when you're just really in the joy of your life. It's a different feeling, you know. And I think that too often we go through life. Um, trying to pretend and, you know, trying to um, say the right things and trying to be the right person for somebody. And, you know, while you're trying to be the right person for somebody, you're not being the right person for somebody else. And you're certainly not being the right person for you. Now, I really, truly believe, and, and I'm guilty, as I said in the interview, I'm guilty of being pulled on occasion, you know, and pulled out of my flow. And it happens to all of us. And as Yo said, that's just being human. But I, I'm a true believer that if we can just stay in our lane and truly be ourselves and, you know, people will like it, they will love it, they will hate it, they will be indifferent, whatever it is, you know, and you you attract the right people, you, you attract the tribe and you, you your life starts to flow, it starts to build this momentum, you know, that all the right people are in there with you. And that is so, so important. You know, life gets less struggly. It's so good. And, and I'm a big, big believer in repelling people that don't sit with your vibe. You know, why, why would, why do we want them in our lives? Why do we have to justify ourselves to people who don't resonate with us? Why, why the hell should we? And the, the effort and the energy that we have to put into pleasing people, People that are not our tribe, that are not resonating with us, damn, that's so hard and life's so short. And so we just have to just repel those people and don't feel bad about it. Sit in your zone. And, you know, as I said, sometimes I fall out of mind, but just try and at least know about it, at least try to be in there as often as you can and really give life a bloody good bash. And I'm, I hope you got something out of that. I hope that if you are band-aiding something with, and with overwork, with alcoholism, with, you know, um, you know, with drugs or any other thing that is, um, uh, you know, sort of band-aiding an issue, please please stop and look in the mirror and say this isn't this isn't how my life should be because underneath we are all freaking amazing underneath we are all magnificent diamonds and if we could shine 
our true magnificence into the world. Wow, can you imagine? All right, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed that. And I will see you next week. See ya. Hey, thanks for joining me. It really does mean the world to me. Now, if you or somebody you know is doing amazing things, make sure you send me an email to info at getoffthebench.com.au. That's info at getoffthebench.com.au. Otherwise, head on over to my website at kerenvaughan.com and tinker around there a bit and send me a message. Okay, catch you next week.